Well, hey there, welcome. We are glad to have you here. And if you haven't yet, make sure that you are subscribed wherever you're listening to podcast. And I want to continue to give a special shout out to our YouTube channel. Make sure you get subscribed at youtube.com slash must increase. In fact, this week, uh, we just dropped an all new series of videos specifically for you church leaders out there looking to help you really no matter where you're at when it comes to your church's media and marketing this uh, entire series that uh, i put together is designed to help you no matter where you're at know how to get to the next step and to grow and expand your capabilities as your church grows and expands you can access all of that again by subscribing to our youtube channel or you can head over to churchmediahq.com slash start that's churchmediahq.com slash start well i hope you've enjoyed the content we've been releasing the past couple of weeks about macbooks in particular and you know apple released some new macbooks here about uh, in the past month and so we were talking through just kind of some different things different ideas of which one you might need we're going to continue that thought actually in the next episode but i wanted to talk about some stuff that i read about in this past week that i find to be particularly interesting. First of all, I did see Jurassic World, the or Jurassic World uh, Dominion, I believe it is. And uh, I saw this and I am going to be putting out a full review of that here soon. But uh, in short, um, I'm kind of disappointed. Uh, wasn't great. Uh, very much a letdown in terms of what I believe it could have been. Uh, it's just really a mess of a film. And so again, I'm going to do an extended review of that later. So that's another reason you're going to want to make sure you are subscribed to the YouTube channel because that is where we're going to release that content. Speaking of Jurassic World, uh, it was reported that John Williams, the great composer, is going to be retiring from film. This doesn't mean he's retiring from music, but uh, he is saying that very likely the upcoming Indiana Jones 5, uh, which has yet to be released, I believe it's coming out next year, uh, that is going to be his final movie that he composes the score for. Again, he's probably going to continue doing concert music, but it looks like this will be his last movie. Now, I just had to give a shout out because we're talking about movies. Uh, I like to talk about movies from time to time. And really, this is, uh, John Williams really gave us a lot of the great stuff from uh, things like um, uh, Star Wars, Jurassic Park, E.T., Indiana Jones, Jaws. These are all soundtracks that uh, John Williams uh, composed and all, every one of those movies is iconic in terms of or, or well a movie or saga or whatever it, it, they're all they're all iconic something that uh, has really defined film and entertainment for these past uh, really uh, probably half a century or more and John Williams had a big part in that I I am very much of the opinion that if you don't have a good score, then you really don't have a good 
movie. Now, it's not that a good score equals a good movie, certainly not, but I I actually just recently was watching a movie, it was a western, and it actually had pretty much no soundtrack or score at all. And some people, I'm sure it it lands with them just fine, but for me, uh, the music is such a big part and big component of really telling the story and moving along the narrative that without it, or if it's without a score or with a score that's boring and effective, it's really not uh, much. Uh, it's, it's really, it really has a, a big toll on the movie, if you will, and on the story that you're trying to tell. That's something to keep in mind out there as you maybe look to produce movies and create uh, videos, whether they be, you know, like I said, something, I, I doubt there's many actual uh, feature-length movie producers out there, but, you know, uh, talk. we talked with church leaders who maybe want to make short videos, you know, to advertise and promote upcoming sermon series, or, you know, maybe something uh, to do with, like, even something like an, a video announcement announcing upcoming events at your church. Uh, whatever the application is, uh, the music is very much a big part of that. And so I just wanted to, for those reasons, because I tend to really nerd out on that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, it's 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 almost like at the end of an era as John Williams moves on. I mean, the man is 90 years old, uh, and so uh, I believe uh, he could have retired uh, long ago, and it would have been just fine. But uh, this is the end of an era as he moves on from uh, from creating music for movies and uh, it's been certainly good and he's left a lot of classics with us well speaking of what's going on like i said what i read this week uh there is this very interesting article that i read on inputmag.com and uh it talks about this this idea that amazon has for their voice assistant. I'm not going to say the name of the voice assistant because uh, it could potentially activate uh, the voice assistant in your house, but Amazon has the Echo devices, and the Echo devices, one of the, obviously what makes them what they are is that they are completely, there's just a little speaker completely activated by voice. There's just a couple buttons on it to like adjust volume and things like that, but other than that, everything is done by just saying, hey, and you say the name that activates the voice assistant and you tell it what to do. Obviously, this isn't the only Amazon is not the only one doing it. Of course, Apple has their version. Google has their version and so on and so forth. But uh, Amazon was one of the first to make it mainstream, at least in the context of their uh, of your home, of having a speaker. You know, Apple uh, started with their voice assistant, really was something that started on the phone. And, but really one of the first major players as far as home speakers is, of course, Amazon with the Echo and then introducing their voice assistant uh, along with that. Well, a very interesting, um, if you will, kind of uh, uh, idea that the Amazon senior vice president uh, presented and announced at a conference in Las Vegas. He says that the company plans to roll out a new Alexa feature, enabling the voice assistant to imitate a dead loved one's voice using only one minute of pre-recorded audio. So 
what, and again, you can read it, inputmag.com. That's where I found the article. I'm sure if you Googled it, there's, uh, I would think that there's other uh, sources out there that have reported this as well. But basically what they're saying is that if they can just get one minute of audio uh, pre-recorded uh, from someone, and in this case, they're applying it to someone who has passed on, they will be able to use their voice to um, to essentially do all kinds of, of things with uh, with their voice. So, for example, uh, I, I'm, I'm not exactly sure how all this would play out, but I'm thinking what they're thinking is to say, okay, so when I say that vo voice assistant's name, they're going to reply to me in what would be the voice of, of, of an actual human voice that I'm familiar with. And in this case, they're applying it to a, a loved one who has passed on. And they're saying the reason for this uh, at latest excursion is, um, is to make the memories last. This is a quote, to make memories last since, quote, so many of us have lost someone we love uh, during these past few years. Uh, and that was uh, what was presented there at by this vice president of Amazon. Now, now look, I uh, really, this is one of those things. First of all, let's, let's, let's look at it from a PR perspective. This is an interesting development in technology. It doesn't surprise me that it's able. In, fa in fact, I'm sure that this is something that uh, can be done. In fact, if you've ever downloaded the Waze app for your directions, you know, it's a, a good alternate to Google Maps or Apple Maps. The Waze map allows you to actually record your own voice uh, to give yourself directions, if you will, if you want to take the time to do it. And so, uh, so this idea of utilizing real voices, if you will, and familiar voices as uh, something to do with your, you know, I, I guess a an artificial intelligence to incorporate it in that way into, in this case, an art an artificial voice assistant. It's not completely unheard of. But let's just talk about this purely from a PR perspective perspective. Why in the world? I, I don't know. This just to me shows how detached uh, and how out of touch a lot of the higher ups of society are. You know, the elites, as they might get called, the ones who are in power, politicians, uh, the ones that are, uh, you know, in this case, uh, high up executives of big tech companies and big companies in general, uh, you know, celebrities and whatnot. This just to me kind of shows out of touch because I just don't see how any person can look at this presentation because here's the way it's not about what he presented in the technology. It's how we presented it. That basically what we're trying to do is we're trying to bring your, your, your dead loved ones back from the dead by uh, having a, a, a artificial digital voice imitate their, what was their real voice. Now, look, if it were me and I was presenting technology about this, I would not have brought the dead relative thing into it at all. Who, who cares uh, if that, if I really just wanted to present this technology of, Hey, yeah, you can, we can record a minute of somebody's real voice. And then we can essentially have this, uh, this uh, assistant, this, this voke voice assistant, uh, imitate that person's voice, whatever. Okay. A little bit creepy, a little bit weird, but whatever. Okay. Technology, cool, fascinating. No, 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 no. Let, let me just let me tell you how we're going to use this. You know that grandma of yours that died, you know, six months, twelve months ago. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna literally dig up her voice from some type of you know pre-recorded audio we find, and we're gonna make that we're gonna take that and we're gonna implant into that this speaker, and uh, your uh, your your device now is going to speak to you in dead grandma's voice. That's weird and that is creepy. And look, I've had loved ones pass on. I did have a 
grandma pass away. Uh, I guess it's been probably four or so years ago now. And uh, look, I, I miss my grandma. I love my grandma. But the last thing I want to hear is the speaker over here, the smart speaker over here, imitating my grandma's voice and posing as her. You know, they, Amazon's trying to take and say, well, you know, we could have them read you a story or, or no, 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 I don't, I don't want that. And honestly, I'll be honest, this, this is something we need to really take a step back and ask ourselves, is this what we want our society to be? Look, I, you know, I'm a big fan of technology and media. Obviously that's why we have podcasts and YouTube content all about it. But there is a line between the physical world, the real world and the digital and artificial uh, and virtual world. And sure, there is some aspects of the digital world that is really fascinating and allows us to connect. I mean, without that technology and the digital capabilities, you wouldn't be able to be watching this or listening to this uh, or anything like that. There's there's no way, you know, uh, you know, 20, 30 years ago that I would have been able to communicate to you via this type of medium. It just didn't exist uh, to be able to do it with, with the internet and all, all those things. And so we're all about the advancement of technology, but the application is what is disturbing. The fact that we're trying to allow uh, the memories, if you will, and, and even the life of our, of our deceased relatives and loved ones live on through an artificial piece of technology and an artificial voice in the form of this case of vocal assistant, that is very disturbing. And to me, that is a very disturbing uh, place for our culture and our society to go. No doubt there will be people who embrace this. There will be people who look at this and go, oh yeah, yeah, this is this is great, you know? I can have I can have grandma read me the story, but you know what? And, and, and to be honest with you, to come at this from a faith-based perspective, I can understand why people that do not, uh, that are not people of faith, that do not believe that there is, you know, a God and there is life after, uh, a life after death and beyond this, this world that we live in now, that there's not life beyond that. I can understand why, well, they're gone. I'll never see them again. You know, they don't have that hope. And so, yeah, they, they want to maybe grasp at straws, if you will. And, uh, at, at, in this case, an artificial version of a memory that they have of their loved one. All that to say, this is a really, like I said, it's very disturbing. It's very weird. And it's very weird to me that Amazon thinks that people, like I said, no doubt there's going to be people out there that, 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 Take advantage of this. You know, Amazon is a big company. They do research, market research, all this stuff. I, you know, they 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 don't usually roll out features without having some level of, you know, research that's gone into it and some type of data and metrics to support their reason for doing it. But I don't know. It's just very hard for me to believe that there's that there's an overwhelming majority of people that are going to embrace this. And I just think it's a very weird way to present this technology. Again, not to just say we have technology that can, uh, we have a technology that can imitate a real person's voice. No, let's take it from the application of it'll imitate your dead loved one's voice. That to me is pretty odd. Speaking of odd and speaking of the, um, if you will, the virtual world uh, versus the real world, uh, you've heard me talk about before about our buddy Mark Zuckerberg. And uh, Mark Zuckerberg, he actually wants you to, um, he wants you to start paying him money for fake stuff. Uh, and actually, uh, I have a little video clip I want to show you now. I think that this is where we're going. Our North Star is that you know, by the end of the decade, we hope to basically get to around a billion people in the metaverse doing hundreds of, of dollars of commerce each. 
um, buying you know digital goods, digital content, different things to express themselves. So whether that's clothing for their avatar or different digital goods for their virtual home or, or things to decorate their virtual conference room, um, utilities to be able to be more productive in, in, in virtual and augmented reality and across the metaverse overall. So I think that there's going to be a massive economy around this. Um, it's going to create a lot of opportunity for creators. That's why you, know, you hear me talking about the creator economy so much. I'm just really excited about a world where you're going to have millions of more people who can do creative work that, that just makes them happy as their job um, instead of some of the things that, that, they're, that they might be doing today because they just they feel like they need to in order to make money. Um, I think that's going to be a massive opportunity, but, uh, but certainly I think it's a huge business opportunity for us too, for the reasons that you say. You know, our playbook over time. All right, we're going to stop it there uh, because I wanted you to hear that last line. Zuckerberg talks about all this opportunity for, you know, people and whatever. We'll, we'll address that here in a minute. But I, I just want to make this, I, I want this make point because, I, or make this point. I want to make this clear. That's why I played it all the way up to that final line there. He, of course, goes on and he actually expounds on this further, but there's no listen. I can't stand Mark Zuckerberg just from his personality alone. The guy seems like such a literal robot. But uh, anyways, right there at the end, oh yeah, yeah, it's a great business opportunity for us as well. And and then he goes on to expand that if you wanna, that was on uh, Jim Cramer's Mad Money, MSNBC. I found it on their YouTube channel. I'm sure you could go and look that up as well. But here is really the, just, just again, yet another disturbing element of not the technology itself, the application of the technology. And I think this is something we have to continue to understand. There's nothing wrong, of course, with certain, with these technologies, with these capabilities that we have with the, the, the great advancement we've seen in this, in this realm or in this industry, if you will. But uh, what is so just off-putting is the application of it. How these big tech executives and, and their vision for how people will use it. Now, look, I, I've talked about the metaverse a little bit before. I've talked about virtual reality. Uh, I've, I've said before, it's not for me, if for nothing else, for the fact that it makes, it gives me motion sickness. And so I don't see that working out for me. So while all of you uh, maybe one day are living in the world of virtuality, I'll, I'll be one of the few humans still living in this real world that we have here. But if nothing else, for the reason that I don't want to be sick. Uh, but uh, it's not that I'm opposed to that technology in general. I've seen some cool applications of VR. I've seen some cool games and things that people play and stuff like that. It's what they're wanting to do. I mean, notice it. Zuckerberg says this point about how he makes the contrast between how people who live, who, who aren't happy with their current lives and how they're making their livelihood, uh, they can essentially find happiness in this world, this fake virtual world that he's calling the metaverse. So, Hey, you're not finding happiness in your life. You don't like what you do. Okay, pop on that headset and come in and let's live this alternate reality where you're really going to discover happiness. And that is just so, again, very disturbing and very upsetting. It reminds me of one of my favorite, probably my favorite, actually it is, it definitely is. There's no probably about it. My favorite movie of all time is Inception, uh, which came out, I mean, at this point, probably 12 years ago, uh, a movie from Christopher Nolan. Uh, it's just an excellent, excellent film because it's so original, such an original thought. And basically, uh, it the concept of Inception 
it's all about dreams and it's about having dreams within dreams. And it, uh, it imagines this world where there's a technology where people can share dreams and, and, uh, and it's really good. If you haven't seen the movie, I mean, you've had 12 years, it's, it's time for you to see it. Um, but the, one of the interesting plot points that they make uh, about that and one of the struggles that the antagonist uh, played by Leonardo DiCaprio uh, is, is struggling with, or not antagonist, protagonist, uh, but anyways, what he is, the central character of the film, what he is struggling with is battling between reality, uh, the, of w- discerning what is reality, and what is his dreams. So again, you've had 12 years to see it, so uh, spoiler alert, I suppose. But uh, his wife uh, is dead uh, in this film, and she died as a result of this uh, dream sharing that they were were exploring. And uh, they got Im- embedded so deeply into their dreams uh, together, they, they got so embedded in this world of their dreams that they they when they finally woke up and came out of this really essentially extremely long, years-long type of dream, they both were struggling discerning reality from the dream world, the real world from the dream world, and that led to his wife committing suicide, and that leads to him all his life struggling between the two, between reality and the dream world, discerning the two. Uh, And also he finds himself escaping to the dream world because he can't find happiness in the re- in his real life. In his dreams, his wife is alive, his family's together. In reality, obviously, that's not the case. His wife is dead. He's separated from his children in reality. And so he goes to his dreams to escape reality and live happiness. And, and really, the point of the film, one of the underlying uh, kind of uh, uh, plot points, if you will, is that that is not a healthy way to live. Uh, you don't want to live your life in a way to where you uh, are trying to escape reality by, in this case, going into a dream. Well, that to me is what Zuckerberg is saying. He's saying, hey, look, you can have a miserable life for real, but when you enter into the world of the metaverse and of virtual reality, now you can finally get happiness. And again, it's interesting how so much of this uh, can be associated with with how we are as uh, with the contrast, if you will, of people of faith versus people who are do not have faith, who don't believe in God, who don't believe in life because uh, life after death, rather. Because obviously, we know that there, uh, if if you're if you're a Christian, if you're a person of faith, again, you do believe in in a life. Uh, after this world. You believe there is a heaven. You believe you can be reunited with your loved ones. You believe that. And that gives us something to look forward to. Uh, but yet we know that this life, this this world that we live in now is a gift from God. It's something that he's given us to enjoy. Uh, he's given us so that we can have a sense of fulfillment and, 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 and missions to accomplish and things like that. He's given us uh, uh, that this life for that reason. But there's life after it. And we, we look to that hope, but we enjoy the life we're in now. And again, if you're not a person of faith, then that, that paradigm completely changes. Because instead of being someone who's looking forward to the afterlife and saying, hey, that's going to be awesome. Heaven's going to be great. So I'm going to enjoy it. But I'm going to enjoy what God gives me here. You say, ah, what I have here isn't good enough. What I have here isn't because there are difficulties in this life and there are challenges in this life and there's nothing beyond this life. If this life is going to be so very miserable, then I need to escape it. I, I need to get I need to, to get away from this this reality 
as much as I can to live in an alternate virtual reality. And you can understand why people think that way. This to me is nothing more than just a, a counterfeit, if you will. It's man's counterfeit of what God has for us. You know, God has heaven for, for us, for those who believe. And again, if you don't believe, then you don't, you don't have that to look forward to. So we've got to counterfeit. We've got to, we've got to kind of make our own version of heaven. Another interesting uh, show out there on Amazon Prime is called Upload, and it explores this concept of an artificial afterlife. So again, without getting too much in the details, the, the idea is that a, there's been technology developed that is where you can literally upload, uh, instead of dying right before your moment of death, you can take your consciousness and you can upload it into a server, more or less, and then your consciousness lives within this uh, within this artificial afterlife. And uh, again, that whole show is very interesting the way it explores these different concepts and 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 really how it's kind of making out to be uh, like, hey, this is kind of messed up. This idea that we could create and live in an artificial afterlife is is not how it's meant to be. It's unnatural. Uh, and so anyways, Zuckerberg here, uh, I've never been a big fan of Mark Zuckerberg. Uh, in fact, if you, uh, you if you ever watched the movie uh, the social the social network, uh, you'll really hate the guy. I mean, they really make him out to be a villain in that. And and really, uh, obviously, all the drama of a movie aside, if you look at Zuckerberg's track record with Facebook and what he does, I really don't believe that he has uh, the best interest of humanity in mind. I believe he's a a obviously I believe he's greedy. I believe he's a power hungry uh, big tech overlord. Who who wants just wealth and control and power. And I know that's very cynical, and I really try not to think that of many people. But it's really just, you look at how he lives, you look at how, or you look at how he runs his company, rather, uh, and how uh, Facebook is in particular. I mean, they've come under all kinds of fire for privacy and, and doing things with their algorithms to intentionally upset people, create out outrage, and obviously he's big into censorship and, and, and things like this. And so uh, I, I'm not, I don't think that he has the best interest of humanity at heart when he makes these developments. I think he just wants to be an innovator and he wants to kind of scratch his ego there and say, hey, look what I've done. Look how I've changed. I mean, as was, I, I can't remember if the clip, if we showed the part in the clip where he mentioned this or not, but he, he really does envision a year where, or a, a world in, in a decade or less where this, this world of the metaverse and virtual reality is a very dominant aspect of society. And again, I'm not opposed to utilizing some type of technology like this. I've already seen good applications of it. However, it is not something uh, that I am not interested in seeing a society and seeing a world where that's where we live, where that is where we, um, it, where, where that's where we do. We just live within the uh, metaverse. We live in an alternate virtual reality and we go there to escape the horrors of our real life. Now I say, if you don't like your life, your real life that is, make it better. Uh, you can't, we all have the, the, the ability and the power to overcome our obstacles and live a better life. Life comes at us. We can't help that, but we can determine 
to make the best of what we have. And so all that to say, um, Mark Zuckerberg, uh, you're weird. And uh, no, I'm not on board with this. And uh, no, I don't want to buy your fake stuff. And uh, no, just not happening. Well, uh, that's where we're going to leave you for this episode. In the next one, again, we're going to dive back into the topic of Macs uh, as far as computers. And this time we're going to be looking at desktop Macs. Uh, so we've been talking about laptops. Most people want laptops, but maybe you say, I do want a desktop. I want uh, something that I can just have on my desk here to work with. What is the best? one to get we're going to talk about that more in the next episode and also in the next episode we have a very special announcement about this podcast and the future of our podcast and content uh here at church bdhq and must increase and i really look forward to sharing that with you in the next episode so make sure that you're subscribed wherever you're listening to podcast of course we're available on apple podcast spotify all the places. And uh, again, want to make that shout out for our YouTube channel. You, uh, again, don't want to give too much away, but as we talk about uh, this change in our uh, content and this, or uh, how we are doing our content rather, and these adjustments and improvements that we're making, you're going to want to make sure that you are definitely subscribed and connected with us by way of YouTube. Well, I really do enjoy having you join us for any episode uh and again i am so grateful for all of you out there that listen or watch some of you i know you've been with me really from the beginning when we launched this podcast year three what three years ago or something at this point so i'm grateful for each and every one of you and uh, i look forward to seeing you next time right here on church media hq